Hi and welcome to episode 127 of the LDS study session with me, your host Matthew Roberts. Uh, I'm going to continue with our Come Follow Me study, but this time uh, I'm kind of pulling away from it a bit actually. Uh, we are looking in September 30th to October 13th, uh, that's Ephesians, um, per- to perfect the saints. Um, and we are still looking at God will gather together in one all things in Christ, found in Ephesians 1.10. Now, I really recommend that you listen to episode the previous episode, 126, uh, if you are listening to this, because a lot of the kind of discussion around dispensations uh, is what I've covered uh, in that section there. I'm not going to, uh, so I'm not going to really <coughs> cover a lot of the things we talked about yesterday, but suffice it to say that we were looking at dispensations and how these dispensations were really um, pivotal uh, moments in shaping the kind of course of the gospel throughout the history of mankind uh, and why we were, why Paul refers to today's dispensation as the dispensation of the fullness of times. So to begin with, um, uh, I'm going to share with you Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10 again as I think that it is a kind of, it's an important verse uh, to kind of kick things off. And yeah, we shared it yesterday, but uh, just as a quick reminder, he said that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Now, um, one of the scriptures in the Come Follow Me manual uh, is found in Doctrine and Covenants 112. And I found this really interesting. It says in verses 30 uh, to 31, we'll go for for now. For unto you the twelve and those of the first presidency who are appointed with you to be your counsellors and your leaders is the power of this priesthood given for the last days and for the last time in the which is the dispensation of the fullness of times which power you hold in connection with all those who have received a dispensation at any time from the beginning of creation. Now this is a really important uh, principle that from Adam all the way down to at that time the prophet Joseph Smith all of the ordinances, all of the, uh, you know, powers and authorities of the priesthood that had ever been revealed were going to be revealed in this dispensation. Once again, line upon line, because, of course, we know that various offices of the priesthood and such were revealed line upon line in, in the rest, through the restoration. But we discussed about how the restoration is continually happening. I mean, actually, it's ironic. Um, I'm recording this on Wednesday, so a, a few hour, a day, a few hours before it actually becomes Thursday, and we've just received a few hours ago uh, the uh, announcement about the changes to uh, witnesses in baptism. So, just for those for those of you that haven't been made aware of this yet, um, it has been announced by President Russell M. Nelson, uh, reminding us about how there are, of course, priesthood ordinances and which have to be kind of carried out by priesthood authority, but there are kind of um, procedures or policies within these priesthood ordinances which have just naturally, you know, been made culturally over time focused around around the priesthood as well, when actually there is not really any priesthood authority required for these things. And one of these things is the witnesses at baptism. So those of you that have witnessed a baptism, well, not witnessed, but those of you who have been to a baptism will have recognised that there are two, um, previously, two priesthood holders who stand on either side uh, of the uh, the font. Uh, I think generally uh, they could be they could be priests. Um, 
and they officially witness that the baptism has taken place and is correct, and so on. Um, and then the same, of course, for baptisms in the temple, uh, that the two brethren, or the, the two members witnessing that the baptism was done correctly in the temple had to be endowed members. Uh, and then um, witnesses to sealings had to be, again, endowed members. So endowed male members, I should, I should add, uh, who hold the Melchizedek priesthood. So that was the case. But now it's been announced that any baptised member, and I, <laughs> I just realised something, any baptised member can be a witness to a baptism, which it's only just dawned on me, and I will probably have to go and double-check the, the writing of this, but if it is, any baptised member can witness uh, a baptism to ensure that it is done correctly, then that means when my son is baptised, obviously that means that his mum can witness, which is you know an incredible thing. But actually, when his sister is baptised, when she is eight, does that mean that he, my son, can witness, even though he will be probably around about 10 years old, 11 years old? He wouldn't have received the priesthood yet anyway. That has just kind of come to me as a realisation. I'll have to go back and kind of read through that again, but, and, and you can let me know if I'm incorrect on that, but uh, I, that has just come to me, and the thought of that is truly exciting. Similarly, um, those who are baptized, being baptised for the dead, this can be done by anyone who, is, who holds a temple recommend. So again, a, a beehive could witness baptisms, which is exciting. And then, of course, um, in the temple, uh, a ceiling can be witnessed by any endowed uh, member, be it male or female. Uh, and so that, again, is another evidence of the restoration continuing on through these days. Anyway, I've gone on for that for quite a while with that because I wasn't planning on it, but that announcement obviously has added evidence to what we've just been studying yesterday and today. Um, so this is a great verse. Now, uh, President Russell M. Nelson, uh, who when he was a member of the Quorum of the Twelve, actually spoke about this, these dispensations and how the priesthood uh, and how ordinances and gospel topics and principles have been revealed through the, throughout these dispensations. He said in October 2003, quote, priesthood authority has existed in many dispensations such as those of Adam, Noah, Enoch, Abraham, Moses, the Meridian of Time, the Jaredites, the Nephites and others. All previous dispensations were limited in time as each ended in apostasy. They were also limited to small segments of planet Earth. In contrast, our dispensation, the dispensation of the fullness of times, will not be limited in time or place. Globally, it will host a whole, complete and perfect union, welding together dispensations, keys, powers and glories from the days of Adam, even to the present time. He carries on. Joseph Smith conferred priesthood keys upon all the twelve. Those keys have been transferred to successive leaders. Today, President Gordon B. Hinckley holds authority for every restored key held by all those who have received a dispensation at any time from the creation. Close quote. Now, obviously, uh, 15, 16 years later now, President Nelson holds those uh, all those keys, which is quite uh, amazing to think. Uh, and so we live in this dispensation. Now, I did have a little study around the dispensations and the different dispensation heads. And I was thinking about how each dispensation head has been pivotal in restoring or bringing forward, uh, I should say, certain principles that are a key part of the gospel of Christ. Uh, for example, and this is just kind of my thoughts, initial thoughts and promptings as I was studying this, but Adam, 
uh, we'll start with Adam, as he was the first. Uh, he brought into the world sin, but also the ability to make choice, to have agency, which, as we know, is one of the greatest gifts of God. Is And we know from scriptures in the Book of Mormon about the necessity and importance of agency. And so Adam brought this uh, to the table, being able to choose between right choices because he has given commandments from the, from the Lord, um, so then we can make the choice between good or bad. And we are aware of what good or bad is because of Adam. Um, then with Enoch, uh, we, we bring, he brings kind of the, the topic or the, or the principle of not translation, but the fact that we have a hope of a glorious future as we follow the gospel. We see with Enoch firsthand how a Zion can happen, how unity can happen amongst the saints. And we see how the great blessings that the Lord has promised us can be fulfilled as we follow those principles. And I think that that idea of exaltation and unity amongst the saints is an important principle as part of the gospel. With Noah, there's a clear meanings uh, with Noah's ministry. Obviously, there is the flood, uh, which indicates a cleansing. But with Noah, there is a clear message of gathering. Now, obviously, in his case, he was gathering animals from the flood, but he was also gathering those who are righteous into the safety of the ark, which we could be, we could see very symbolically as um, the gospel itself. And so Noah, for us, is, um, is an example of kind of being gathered, people being gathered together. And of course, we know that that has been restored in this, the last dispensation. Um, Abraham, I love Abraham's actually, because as I was sat and thinking about it, I was thinking, what, you know, what specific principle do we learn from Abraham? What was brought in his dispensation quite clearly through him? Uh, and of course, with that, we think of the Abrahamic covenant, uh, which is an important part uh, of the, uh, the restoration of the gospel. I then also think about how he and his wife, you know, didn't have any children for a long time of their own, uh, and how he was then promised this, this everlasting prosperity, posterity, I should say. And this is a very key principle in, in the gospel, which we know and love today in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the principle of eternal families. Um, and that really hadn't been taught or seen very clearly until Abraham's ministry. So that is something that as a dispensation head, he was blessed to be able to bring forward was this truth that families can be eternal and will be eternal and will go on as, this, as the grains of the sand forever. Um, and then Moses, uh, you know, there's a very clear messages here of Moses. Um, this idea of captivity and then being led away from captivity as principles were followed uh, and then we've talked about this already, but through the Red Sea, under the Red Sea, as a symbol, a symbol of baptism, and then out of the Red Sea, following the pillar of fire, which is above the tabernacle, tabernacle which there is, is baptism of fire, the gift of the Holy Ghost, and also the temple. And so for me, Noah really, uh, sorry, not, not Noah, uh, Moses is really where we start to clearly see the gospel of Jesus Christ as we know it, having faith and being willing to change and then going through baptism and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, and then being led away from that captivity through these ordinances because, of course, we know that uh, they had that spiritual bread of manna from heaven and spiritual water from the rock, symbolic, sim symbolic of sacrament. They had the temple, they had the priesthood, 
we can see here in Moses' ministry a clear bringing together of the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the principles that we follow today, which we believe lead us to our promised land, that freedom from spiritual slavery for us, whereas in this one it was very much physical slavery that was being overcome by Moses and the people of um, Israel. Then, of course, we come to Jesus Christ, and, I mean, there is quite a clear message with Christ. He is the one that then makes everything that I've been taught so far, the fact that we have agency for, for us taught by Adam, that there is a chance and a hope of an eternal exaltation and joy with Enoch, the fact that the people could be gathered together and there will be a great gathering in the last days shown by Noah, uh, Abraham showing of eternal families and how the principle that we can be together forever and our posterity be never-ending, and how Moses taught the principles of the gospel and how the ordinances, the law, um, provides a structure for us to see a way through that we can be given those opportunities to make the right choices and receive a spiritual freedom from slavery then Christ comes and makes everything possible with his atonement and the subsequent resurrection, all of which are part of the atonement, really. Um, but the sufferings in the garden and on the cross, and then his death, and then his resurrection, all making possible everything that came before. And that really then brought life to the gospel, which then the apostles went out and taught. And then, of course, we know that there had to be a falling away, which Paul talks about very often. And I think that he sometimes is... A bit despondent that that has to happen but he understands his place that he is uh, prophesying that there will be this falling away however there will be this restoration this dispensation of the fullness of times where all of these things that all of these dispensation heads have taught and experienced in their ministries would all be brought into one dispensation all together with the power of the savior um, fueling and bringing spirit and life to this gospel which would then be carried through throughout the rest of the eternities. And you can see there just how these dispensations have all been working together as Elder Bethnar taught, strand by strand, line upon line, to then be all brought together throughout this church being led by Jesus Christ, that it is now being restored and being prepared for his coming. I mean, I've, gone, I've nearly gone to 15 minutes now and I am going to have to stop there, but for me this was just a great learning curve for me about how you know this work has been planned and is perfect uh, i'm grateful to, to have been able to think about this if there's anything that you've been studying around this uh, come follow me segment or any thoughts about the recent announcements about the changes to witnesses for various ordinances i'd love to hear your thoughts uh, at matt s roberts 90 on twitter or ldsstudysession at gmail.com thank you for your time and until we meet again